For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Today's episode of the Believe in Steelers podcast is brought to you by betonline.ag. In week three of the NFL season is here, Ike. If you want to place a bet on the action, BetOnline is the place to do it. Well, I guess I'm going to go to BetOnline and see if Big Ben is going to play this Sunday because they said he got a peck injury, the non-throwing shoulder. But... I'm guessing he will play because that's a tough son of a gun. So I'm going to bet the odds that he will play. We're going to get into this on today's episode of the Believe in Steelers podcast, Ike. But before you, we do that, head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use the promo code NFL100. Bet online, your online sportsbooks experts. Today's episode of the Believe in Steelers podcast is also brought to you by Balance 7, Ike. And Balance 7 is a nutritional supplement that helps athletes all over the world replenish and refuel. And Ike, as a former professional athlete, you know about the importance of that after a workout, after a game. Again, again, Balance 7 lets athletes do that really all over the world. Really happy to have them on as a sponsor of the Believe in Steelers podcast. Yeah, my personal opinion, in order to have a good life, you got to have some kind of balance. But you got to have balance seven, meaning you got to have balance seven days out the week. I see what you did there, Ike. Head to the website, balance7.com and use promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, and you'll get a $10 off their 32-ounce bottle. The bottle lasts for 11 days, and it's the perfect amount of time to start feeling the effects of the pH balancing drink. Again, that's balance7.com. And use the pro co- promo code Believe B L E A V at checkout. All right, cue the music. It's time to start the show. Welcome to another edition of the Believe in Steelers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host Mark Bergen, joined as always by my guy, two-time Super Bowl champion and 12-year veteran of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Ike Taylor. It Week Three is here. Bengals coming into Heinz Field, taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers. We've got AFC North football this weekend. I'm fired up. I'm excited. We're going to have a full preview on today's show. How are you doing this morning, my man? I'm doing good, Mark. Mark, can't wait to talk about these AFC North divisional games. That means a lot. Yes, sir. And we're going to get right into it. Ben Roethlisberger showing up on the team's injury report with the pectoral injury. And I think it was interesting listening to Mike Tomlin saying the team was going to need to be adjustable. Big Ben might be limited this week in practice. We're recording this just for the listeners and viewers that know this. This episode is going to be out on Friday. We're recording this on Wednesday morning. So information can change, can be fluid. But he wasn't on the team's injury report following the week two loss to the Raiders. He pops up on the injury report at the start of this week. Ike, it's only through two weeks, and I feel like the Steelers are already dealing with injuries, mostly on the defensive side of the football. But here we go. you got to have that next man up mentality. I do expect Big Ben to play on Sunday against the Bengals, but this is something I'm going to keep my eye on. 
Yeah, of course. Um, I think Big Ben will play. And the reason why I think Big Ben will play, he don't want to go out like this. Uh, my personal opinion, I think this could be his last year. Uh, obviously, the defense do have injuries, but they still balling out of control, so say. So um, Ben understands now how important defense is. You got a, a young Najee sitting in the backfield. Of course, he can run through the tackles. Not only he can run through the tackles, but he can also catch the ball to score touchdowns if you need him to receive the ball like he did against the Raiders on Sunday. So seven looking at a lot of different things. Still have a young offensive line. Um, so they, it's going to take some time for those guys to kind of rally around each other and kind of get everything together and be on the same page every time when it comes down to play. So we're just looking at it, man. Big Ben, from, from what I see, uh, he's still having fun. You know what I'm saying? So him having fun, meaning he going to find a way to get on the field. Now, did he like that fourth and one, let's bring the special teams out and not go for a call? No, I don't think so because I looked at his body language and he didn't like that at all. So, But other than that, just knowing how tough Seven is, man, he's going to play Sunday. they just going to do all these precautionary measures, make sure they're going to risk anything else and give him everything he needs as far as, like, energy and being ready for Sunday against the Bengals. Hey, right off the top, I have to give a shout-out to our producer, Courtney Vargas. You always refer to Big Ben as seven, and she's got that in the lower third if you're watching the Believe in Steelers podcast on your yeah. device right now. She's got seven <laughs> in the lower third right now. I absolutely love that. A few stats I want to get to with Big Ben, and then we'll get into the preview between the Bengals and the Steelers and some of the keys to the game. But if you look at the next-gen stats, Ike, 2.41 seconds, that is the fastest release time in the NFL through the first two weeks of the season. So you might look at the traditional stats and say, well, Big Ben's only been sacked four times. This is a very young offensive line. Dan Moore, the left tackle, and then Kendrick Green are both rookies. Kendrick Green, the center. And then your left guard, Kevin Dotson's only in his second year. So this line is still gelling, still getting that continuity up front. But what I wanted to bring up, Ike, was this. We talk about establishing the running game so much on this show. Two stats I want to run by you as well. Through the first two weeks of last season, 250 yards on the ground, only 114 yards on the ground through the first two weeks of this season. So a huge discrepancy there when the Steelers finished last in the NFL and rushing. But what might be more importantly than this, Ike, we always talk about how the Steelers need to establish the ground game. I went back and did some research. The last time the Steelers ran the ball more than they passed it in a game, you've got to go back to October the 8th of 2020, week six of last season. And when the Steelers did that, they absolutely walloped the Cleveland Browns 38 to seven. It's been that long since they've run the ball more than they've passed it in a game. Big Ben in year 18. Why are they putting so much of the onus and pressure on him offensively? Let's commit to running the ball. And if it doesn't work after we run the ball 40, 45 times in a game, and you're still only getting two or three yards per carry, then I could say we have a problem. But if we haven't committed to it, and again, I go back to again, week six of last season, to me, that was a, a telltale sign of some of the struggles this offense has had because it's much, much too pass-happy. And that's part of the reason why you bring in Matt Canada to replace Randy Feekner as the offensive coordinator. It's something I would like to see change moving forward with this Steelers team. See, I've been saying this for years. It don't matter who your offensive coordinator is. Ben is in his 18th season. He's going to trump every call if he wants to. I don't think... 
So I heard. So Tampa played Dallas. And it was a shootout when it came down to the throwing. And everybody was like, why they didn't run Zeke as much? And the offensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys said, I called 28 run plays. Dak checked out a 10 of them. Same thing with Big Ben. If you call 38 run plays and he checks out 12 of them, then it's going to be an issue. And, and that's what I've been saying for years. I don't care who the OC is. If seven want to throw the ball, he's going to throw the ball. That's just what it is. Now, if you look at what the Green Bay Packers did against the Detroit Lions, they ran the ball. And the more they kept running the ball and running the ball, instead of doing the cover two, the Detroit Lions had to go down to a cover three now, or, or man coverage. Now that leaves your corners on the island. But you had to get to that point to leave your corners on the island by running the ball. And that's what I've been saying about the Pittsburgh Steelers. Seven has to, you know what? I'm going to the Hall of Fame. But I still remember this is how I went to Super Bowls and won Super Bowls. I do have a good Super Bowl defense. I truly do believe Pittsburgh has a good defense. That can help them win a Super Bowl. But you have to mix in the running game. So when you have a Jerome Bettis, when you have a Willie Parker, when you have a, a – who else we had? A Deuce Staley. When you have guys like this who can run the ball and control the clock, that's what you want to do. You got a guy like a Najee who can't control the clock. Even though you got a young O-line, what have I been saying about young offensive linemen? You let the guys get in the rhythm of run blocking. So your running back can get in the rhythm of running the ball. So – and that's what I, that's what I said on our show Monday – I said the only thing I disliked was we started off like the first three, four plays passing the ball. Mm-hmm. How in the hell are we going to establish the ball? So me, my personal opinion, Ben got to get his mindset or reset his mind into, hey, if Coach if Coach Matt Canada wants me to run the ball and establish a run game, this is what I'm going to have to do. If not, he's going to forever trouble. And if the Steelers commit to running the ball, I'm just telling you this right now, Ike, Watch what happens in terms of the scoreboard, in terms of controlling the clock. And why is that important? Why is that important? I, 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 the, the reason why running the game, running the ball is so important, one, you take the soul out of the defense. Two, you control the clock. Three, it opens up the big plays that you're looking for in the play action pass because then you get a lot of one-on-ones and mismatches with the corners and the receivers that you have. That's what running the ball does. When you're getting the ball out 2.4 seconds, right now in the fastest time in the league, basically as a corner, I'm going to sit on every route because I know the ball is coming out quick. So I'm not worrying about deep routes. The only time I'm worrying about deep routes, if I see two backs in the backfield or if I see two tight ends on on the field, that's how I know you're looking for the pass protection. But other than that, if you got three, four receivers out, I know the ball got to come out quick because if I look at my game sheet and Coach LeBeau comes into the thing and like Ben is getting the ball out 2.4 seconds, first thing I'm thinking is they're going three or four wide and they don't trust the offensive line right now. That's how you look at it from a defensive standpoint. 
And I, I can't help but think that there's a correlation in losing the time of possession in the first two weeks of the season. And you see injuries all along the defense. I'm talking about TJ Watt and his groin injury, whether that has any impact beyond week two. I'm talking about Alex Highsmith as a groin injury. Joe Hayden and Devin Bush didn't play against the Raiders. They also have groin injuries. Tyson Alualu is out for the season with a fractured ankle. He had surgery on Monday. I can't help but think that you have some of those defensive injuries because you're keeping the defense out on the field longer because you're not controlling time of possession. So again, I know it's only a two game sample size and it right now I'm not going to say it's a causation. I'll say it's a correlation, but we'll, if this is going to continue to be a theme and you can say, well, the Steelers struggle with run, running the football. How about getting closer to that 50-50 split between running and passing? Or how about running the ball more than passing it in a game, even if early on in the first and second quarters, I know it's hot out and it's easier for defenses to tackle than it would be later in the season when it gets cold out. But how, how about saying, okay, if you run the ball 40 times in a game, are you still struggling to control the line of scrimmage? Because, you know, defenses wear down when they're out on the field longer in the third and fourth quarters. And again, Week six of last season, I'm going to keep banging this drum, Mike, because I did the research on it. October 8th, 2020 is the last time the Steelers ran the ball more in a game, more than they passed it. And Big Ben's in year 18. It's not like he's a spring chicken anymore, Ike. It's not like he's in the prime of his career and he can completely dissect a defense because we have not seen that through the first two weeks of the season. This offense has to get better if this team wants to have any kind of success this season because, like you said it, Steelers have a pretty good defense. As the Baltimore Ravens, if they like Lamar Jackson, because they lead the league in rushing pretty much every year. As the Cleveland Browns defense, if they like Nick Chubbs and Kareem Hunt, because they're probably top three in rushing every year. As the Tennessee Titans, because their defense is so-so, if they like King Henry getting the ball in the second game and they wind up winning that game in Seattle last week. So that's what I'm saying. And you can even ask in the playoffs. In the playoffs, ask um, Tampa Bay and their defense if they like playoff, playoff P, you know, Leonard Fournette getting the ball hand off to him. And if you want to talk about the Super Bowl that the Kansas City Chiefs won, ask the defense if they like they run a game in that Super Bowl. And that's been that's just been a recipe. When you have a good running game, man, your defense also it loves it, but it gives us a breather and it takes the soul out of other teams because we feel the same way. If a run, if, if a team that runs on us and it, and is having success on us, man, that's not a good feeling. You know what I'm saying? And when I was playing, it was Jamal Lewis. It was Corey Dillon. Um, who else we had? Jamal Lewis, Corey Dillon. Sean Alexander in the Super Sean Bowl. Alexander, uh, uh, Anderson coming from, from, from Denver. Uh, who else we played? Basically, in that playoff, when we won the Super Bowl in 2005, we played a top five offense. It's Edron James with the Colts. So it was Edron James. Hall of, Hall of Famer Edron James, too, I kind of add. Corey Dillon was a grown man. I mean, Corey Dillon, when, you was, when Corey Dillon saw a DB or, or, or a corner, he said, come here, boy, while he was running, because he already knew what he was going to do to you. You know what I'm saying? So you had a Jamal Lewis and his prime coming from Tennessee. You know about Jamal Lewis. Man, we had, we had Rudy Johnson coming from Auburn at Cincinnati. 
So, man, we played, you know, Sean Alexander from Alabama. So we played nothing but dogs when it came down to the playoffs. But the reason why I'm saying this, everybody had a run game. I'm naming, I'm naming the top five offenses at the time in 2005. But you got a Hall of Fame, Edwin James. You got a dog, Sean Alexander. You already know what Jamal Lewis was doing with the Ravens. Then you got Rudy Johnson, who was a stud, and Corey Dillon at the same time with the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, all four of them, and, and the Denver Broncos had Jake Palmer, Jake the Snake. We used to call him Jake the Snake and that zone running scheme. So we, we played against the top five offenses, and all top five guys had a running back or a running game. And that's what Pittsburgh, like I'm reading on this screen right now, coming from Miss Courtney, you got to commit to the run game. That's what you yeah. have to do. Yep. Averaging on first down only four yards per play for the first two games, Ike, that's tied for the 29th worst in the NFL. You don't get yards on first down. You put yourself in a worse situation on second and third down. Now, the Steelers have only spent $12 million along that offensive line, which is the lowest in the NFL. And you mentioned some of those teams that can run the football, Ike. The Cleveland Browns, $50 million. Tampa Bay at $36 million. The Ravens double what the Steelers spend along the offensive line but they'll get better if you commit to the running game, which is so important. And a player I want to see on the offensive side of the ball more often is Derek Watt, Ike, because I know he contributes on special teams, but when he's only played four offensive snaps out of about a total of 114, you talk about getting Najee Harris going as a rookie, have a fullback out there to help clear the way for him. And then that also helps establish the running game. And it's like, again, it's not even just establishing the running game. It's committing to it, even if you don't have initial success with it. I'm a broken record here, but the Bengals present a great opportunity to do that this season because of their defensive struggles a year ago. Last season, the Bengals 28th in rushing defense, 148 rushing yards per game opposing teams put up against them. They had a bad defense in 2020. So if you're this, this my, my point is this, it would be a great week to start to do that against your divisional opponent, a team that's still on the up and up with Joe Burrow in year two, because like, listen, the, the Bengals lines on both sides of the ball are nothing to write home about. I mean, we got to use, we, the Pittsburgh still has got to marry the right game. They have to marry the right game. If not, it's going to be a long year for them. So, and that's to help their defensive guys out. And you got guys on defense. I mean, you damn, they got five starters who, who are out because of injuries. You know, you got two growing in, three growing injuries. You know what I'm saying? So, Joe Hayden is long in the tooth. He's a seasoned veteran guy. So, you got to monitor him right now. You got to keep him off the field as much as possible. Devin Bush is just coming off a season-ending injury last year. So, you got to make sure he's, he's back. So, you got to monitor his reps. TJ just – TJ didn't go through training camp, so you got to understand with TJ White, this is like training camp with him, but he's actually playing the games. Highsmith went through training camp, so I ain't going to tell him how many reps he got because he was going on both sides when it comes down to Pittsburgh Steelers um, defense. So, you know, he was getting a lot of mileage on his car in training camp, just working and trying to make the team. So, you just got guys – and Tua, and Tua, you know, he 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 just got a season in the, in the injury, and he just had surgery a couple of days ago. So the Pittsburgh Steelers got to be careful. And in the, in the, in how you help a defense is by running the ball, controlling the clock, 
and like we said, man, the Pittsburgh Steelers, they have to marry the run game. And I hope when Zach Banner comes back, you can put Chooks or Korofor on the bench, let Dan Moore continue to develop on that left side. That helps stabilize his things. Banner might be back in week four against Green Bay. We'll see. That's optimistic Mark out here on the Believe It Steelers podcast today. I want to throw a couple of other stats out there to back my point about the Bengals lines not being stellar. Dead last in the NFL on sacks in the 2020 season, only 17 for the entire team. Put that in perspective, T.J. Watt had 15 alone in the 2020 season. And the Steelers led the league in sacks last season with 56. So, again, you talk about the struggles of, of the Bengals line. Burrow sacked nine times through two games this season. And, Ike, it leads me to believe. I know one of the keys is going to be stopping Joe Burrow's LSU buddy, Jamar Chase. But I can't help but wonder, do the Bengals wish they had drafted Panay Sewell? out of Oregon instead of Jamar Chase, just because you've got to be able to protect your investment. Joe Burrow, the former first overall pick, coming off a season-ending knee injury a year ago. So that's already a question that I have in my mind. Yeah, you might make Burrow happy in the short term, but long term, I still don't think they have the personnel up front to be able to protect him properly. Again, nine sacks through two games thus far this season. So you got to look at personnel versus personnel. So you got to look at the three receivers they got. You know, you got a first round, a first or second round of T. Higgins coming from Clemson. Then you got Tyler Boyle, who came from Pittsburgh. He just stood in the slot. Then you just picked up Jamar Chase, another first round draft pick. So now you got to look at the Pittsburgh Steelers defensive side. You don't know if Joe Hayden is going to be back this year. He's he's a veteran guy. He has to grow Then you got to look at, you know, Cam Sutton. And, and see what he's doing. He's outside at first starter, then he's inside in the slot. So if 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 I'm the Bengals and I'm looking at it coming from a passing standpoint, I like my receivers over the Pittsburgh Steelers yeah. defense and secondary guys. That's just how I'm thinking if I'm the Cincinnati Bengals. So, yeah, I get what you're saying. But then again, man, we can just go to Joe Burrow and, and we're going to be like, you know, the game plan for us against the Pittsburgh Steelers is doing what Big Ben has been doing for the last two years, we're going to get the ball out of 2.4 seconds and get the ball in my guys' hands and see if they can make some plays against these, you know, Pittsburgh Steelers secondary. So that's 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 just what it is. That's that's how I look at it. You can't forget about Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon went healthy. He's a damn horse. You know what I'm saying? Come from Oklahoma. So that's that's how I look at it. So if if, if I'm Cincinnati, I'm sure they, they might feel this a shootout especially if Big Ben is handicapped going into the game. But if they're looking at the Pittsburgh Steelers secondary and they're looking at what they have on the offensive side as far as like the wide receivers, they like their matchups better. Ike, you read through all of my notes. Uh, One thing I would (laughs) add, Jamar Chase, seven receptions, 22 yards per reception. So he is a playmaker on the outside, no doubt there. Ike, it is also... The Mike Hilton revenge game. The Nickelback, former uh, Steelers player, now a member of the Cincinnati Bengals. And he signed a four-year deal worth $24 million. I'm happy to see that he got paid, given his playmaking abilities for the Steelers for the last several years. You know, he's snitching all day. He letting them know the whole playbook. Because I know if I was in his shoes, I would as well. So, man, when we get on the field and I see these signals and I see – how they want to control the the offensive line and shift to whoever, whoever the mic is, who goes in motion, who don't go in motion, personnel. Man, if I'm, if I'm Mike Hilton, because I was a fan. Matter of fact, I got Mike Hilton started 
They didn't want to stalk Mike Hilton until I came and I sat down with Kevin Colbert. And I said, man, who is this little guy who keep making these damn plays all the time he's on the field? Oh, he's too short. I said, man, this guy's a damn football player. Little do you know, Mike Hilton wound up being one of the Pittsburgh Steelers from a secondary standpoint. Best blitzers. He wind up getting some cheese going to Cincinnati. So happy for Mike Hilton because he's been one of my favorite. But, yeah, if I'm him, I'm telling the Cincinnati Bengals, Everything with Pittsburgh do when it comes down to personnel. This makes me nervous, Ike. This makes me nervous where he's got the inside intel. He's almost like a double agent at this point. 100%. Still looking for his first sack and first interception of the season. He does have two TFLs as a member of the Cincinnati Bengals. And that still just kind of breaks my heart. Like last season, Ike, we came on this show. We were saying how we thought he was a Pro Bowl player. He's one of the, the best defensive players for the Steelers last season. Yeah, that's how I felt about Mike, man. I felt like Mike was just a stealer, you know. Um, take the size out of it. Uh, he's not a honey badger, not even close to being a honey badger. But at the same time, when you want to talk about just having a big part, regardless on the statue, that was Mike Hill. You know, when you when you look at it from a defense coordinator, you got a guy who plays the nickel or dime position, but he can also rush and make tackles like an outside or inside linebacker. Man, there you go. So you just can't have it all. You know, you know, between the honey badger, he can rush and he can cover. If you want to look at Mike and some of his strength, man, it, it was it was more getting sacks and blitzing and getting to the quarterback. You know what I'm saying? So they picked the choose when they wanted him to cover. So that's just how it is. But yeah, man, my, I'm a huge fan of Mike Hilton, and I'm sure I know for sure he's giving all the info to the Cincinnati Bengals on what the Pittsburgh Steelers like to do on the offensive side. When you go into Kevin Colbert's offense, they tell you he's too short. What else did? What else happens in that conversation? I, mean, no, I know you probably said some of the same things you just told me, but no, what, what's, that, what's that interaction like? Some of the scouts, was, you know, they, they looked at his height. And, you know, once they look at his height, I get in my feelings and I tell some of the people, you know, this is why y'all don't know football. And this is why I won two Super Bowls. And y'all got to understand us as players, we're actually GMs. Like, you know, we, yeah. we know we we know who's good and who's not good. But since you want to sit around and look at height, size, and speed and measure my hands and my arm length, I get it. But I'm actually looking at how this guy can help the team. That's what I'm looking at. So, you know, lo and behold, they wind up putting Mike Hill in the, in the ball game, and now he's signed a four for $24 million contract. So happy for him. Okay, Ike, around the league, a few other week three matchups before we get into our score predictions for Bengals and Steelers. Two premier games. You've got Chargers, Chiefs, and AFC West division matchup that's going to be in Kansas City. And I've got to say this, Ike, as much as I like that Kansas City Chiefs offense, that de defense is a little bit suspect to me. Now, I know the Chiefs played the Browns and the Ravens in the first two weeks of the season, two playoff teams from a year ago, but they really needed Honey Badger back. He forced a few turnovers on that Sunday night thriller against the Ravens, but the Ravens is decimated as they are from an injury standpoint, still able to pull out the victory. I know the Ravens were at home as well, but that Kansas City Chiefs defense to me is going to be a huge question mark going forward in this season. And how much can you rely upon Patrick Mahomes and company from an offensive standpoint to bail you out? I think that's a huge question mark for Kansas City moving forward. Yeah, 
I still probably have the uh, Chiefs winning. And the reason why I have the Chiefs winning is because I don't think the Chargers will stick to their running game. I do I do think the Chargers have a nice running game. But if the Chargers do win, the Chargers will win, one, because they stuck to their running game, two, because the Kansas City Chiefs can't stop the run. But this, this has always been the Kansas City Chiefs. If you just look at the personnel for the Kansas City Chiefs on defense – they figure they always going to be ahead because they got Patrick Mahomes so we can always rush the passion. So you get guys who like to rush the passion. When it comes down to the run, stopping the run, they've been dead last for like the past three years. Top like from 28 all the way down. Um, when it came down to stopping the run, that's just that's just what it is because every trying to, everybody trying to play keep up or catch up with the offense so they got to pass a lot. But when you got two teams and it was the Cleveland Browns did the same thing. They could have won last year in the playoffs, but they didn't. I felt like the stage was too big for them, and that's why. They wound up playing the Cleveland Browns again. They should have won it. They missed out on opportunities. Now you go to a depleted, even a depleted Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore Ravens, they just go run the ball all the time, and that's exactly what they do. But now, now it's 11 on 11. And what I mean by 11 on 11, my quarterback could also be a running back. So, you see, as a defensive coordinator, you look at it 10 on 11. When you got a Tom Brady, you ain't looking for Tom Brady to make no runs. You ain't looking for Tom Brady to break no 30, 40-yard games. You ain't looking for no Peyton Manders to break no 30, 30 to 20-yard games when it comes down to the running game. So, now it's a true 10 on 11. But when you got a Mike Vick, when you got a Lamar Jackson, when you got a Kyler Murray, when you got a, a, a Russell Wilson, when you got guys who can run, as well as pass, it becomes a true 11 on 11, you know? So, but that's, and they stuck to the, they stuck to Baltimore Ravens, what I'm talking about. They stuck to their game plan. The only way the LA Chargers will beat the Chiefs if they stick to their to they running game. Um, I hope they don't get in a shootout or want to get in a shootout. I hope they just see what the Baltimore Ravens did. They stuck to their run game, even, though, even when it was down. They made the plays they needed to play make on defense because in the secondary standpoint, you know, the LA Chargers, they got some nice guys on that secondary. You know what I'm saying? Bosa is back coming off his injury. They got some guys on that D-line too that could also get to the to the quarterback. Um now it has to be, I have to make Patrick Mahomes start rolling left and throw the ball. You know, that's that's what these teams gotta start coming up with because when he gets outside the pocket and he extends plays and when he runs right. That's when a lot of good happens for the Chiefs, a lot of bad happens for opposing defenses. So if I'm a defensive coordinator, man, I will make sure that Patrick Mahal won't be rolling right to extend plays. He will be rolling left to extend them plays. Interesting analysis there, Eck. I've never really even thought about that. And I know Mahomes, son of a former professional Major League Baseball player, is known throughout the league for all the different arm angles that he can throw the ball, but certainly a lot easier to do as a right-handed quarterback rolling to the right than it would be a left throwing across his body, even as talented as he is. You mentioned Tom Brady and the Bucks and Brady head out to SoFi Stadium this weekend, taking on the Rams. This, to me, might be like an NFC Championship preview. Like I, I think it would be safe to say this, Ike. One of these two teams will be in the NFC Championship later this season. I don't know which of the two, but this to me also represents, and I've, I've got to pull up the lines here, maybe one of the last times that the Buccaneers would be considered an underdog for the remainder 
of the 2021 season. But I cannot wait to watch this because we know what the Rams can do defensively and all the weapons that Tom Brady has offensively and what he's doing at age 44. I feel like we talk about Tom Brady, if not every show, Ike, like every other show, where it's just like at this point, it's just what he's doing is absolutely incredible. Oh, man, the Rams have some good – the LA Rams have some good corners. From a safety standpoint, who's going to stop Brunk? You know, and that's and that's how you got to look at it. Man, you got Godwin, you got A.B., and you got Mike Evans. And and we still and, – and then there's Gronk. You know, so it's – you know, it's, it's, it's Joel Embiid, so that's Mike Evans. Then you got A.B. to Kyrie Irving. Then you got Godwell, he's like a a Bradley Bill. And then you got Sasquatch, who was Gronk. So it's like, who the hell, who the hell going to check him? You know what I'm saying? So, you know, Tom Brady pretty much got everything at his disposal, so to say. So, man, I, I get it. We, we like the L.A. Rams defense, and I do agree with you down the line. They're going to wind up seeing each other again because mm-hmm. of Matthew Stafford and his arm strength and – you know, him finally getting in the rhythm with the offense, so say. And I love Daily Rams defense. But God damn it, Tom Brady, he got some weapons, bro. He got some weapons. Bro. Yep. So it's just going to be tough, especially when you got Sasquatch sitting right on this hill. <laughs> the Buccaneers are actually favored by a point and a half on the road. This to me is like the – I, I want to see – Chiefs and Chargers, but this Bucks Rams game is to me like other than the Steelers Bengals, the one I'm going to be watching this weekend. All right, Ike, time for score predictions. Bengals at Steelers. The Steelers, to me, absolutely need this game. And I know that every week is a must win game, but you've got Green Bay in week four. They looked a lot better. The Packers did in week two after absolutely getting walloped by the Saints in week one. And you're talking about a Packers team that was in the NFC Championship a year ago. The Steelers favored in this game over the Bengals by four and a half points. I've got them covering, and I've got the Steelers 24, Bengals 17. What say you, Ike Taylor? Bengals 24, Steelers 21. Wow. Expl- explain explain your rationale there. I just think from an offensive standpoint, um, in the depleted defense and Ben's injury, um, it will affect the layout of the game. So I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the Cincinnati Bengals on this one. I know everybody gonna be mad at me, but who cares? Well, listen, Ike, you're being real. You're being authentic. You're being genuine. And honestly, that would be more of a disservice to our listeners and viewers sure. than than if you if you weren't. But I think the Steelers again. I'm just looking ahead on the schedule. I know that the players of the team should do this, but if you lose this week, Ike. I'm looking at that week four matchup on the road in Green Bay at Lambeau Field. <laughs> you lose in, listen, you lose in week three. You're talking about starting the season, possibly one and three. If you go into Lambeau, it's just a tough place to play given the home field advantage there. So that's yeah, why I've got the Steelers winning. But I feel like, but I feel like, uh, I feel like that matchup is better because. Also, the running defense for the Packers isn't a good defense. I think they're dead last. They might be second or, second or third dead last when it comes down to stopping the run. You know, so I feel like that matchup might be better for the Pittsburgh still if they marry the run so soon. So that's what it is with them. But with the Bengals, man, it's just that divisional games are always tough, regardless of what the record is. 
for whoever you're playing in a in a divisional game. So so I kind of like where the Cincinnati Bengals are headed. I don't like the injuries that the Pittsburgh Steelers have on defense, let alone, you know, seven. So that's why I'm going 24-21 to Cincinnati. Okay, you hear it, you heard it here first. I feel like we're gonna put this clip out on social media, Ike, and you're gonna hear from it. But again, you know, you go back to we gotta be real, we gotta be genuine, we gotta be authentic. Each AFC North team through two weeks of the season at one and one, a lot of parity in this division, division that saw three playoff teams a season ago. Ike, as we wrap up here, two things to mention. The Steelers signed 2017 first round defensive end Taco Charlton to the practice squad, the second first round draft pick on the practice squad now because they've got safety Carl Joseph. And then your former teammate, Ike, James Harrison, is going to be profiled on a football life. That's at 9 p.m. Eastern time on Friday night on the NFL Network. I saw a preview clip for that. Looks absolutely fantastic. So just two notes that Steelers fans should know about before we sign off here. Yeah, uh, Debo, a.k.a. James Harrison, that's that's going to be a good one. I got a nice little preview, preview before it came out, so I think the world will enjoy uh, who Debo actually is. I know he's a strong uh, mammoth-ass man, so, so say. Well, he also has a good heart, and he's a good dude. You know, it's just it's just the way he looks. Um, it, it looks very scary, so I can see why people might be afraid of him. But he's just, he just a good dude, honest dude, 100% honest dude, honest dude. But, yeah, um, I think the world will enjoy this on Friday on the NFL Network. I can't wait to watch. I can't. You strong is like an understatement for James Harrison too. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, look at his that's Instagram. Said, it, man, he's not human. He's not human. That's why I said mammoth. Mammoth is going to the the dinosaur, the prehistoric days, and all them animals big and strong. Ike, a lot of shout outs are in order. I want to thank you. I want to thank the Believe Podcast Network, the folks over at Brinks TV, led by John Brinkus, Courtney Vargas, and our guy Herbert behind the scenes. I want to thank our sponsors as well, Bet Online, Bet on Seven, and Bet uh, uh, Play Action Pools. Ike, we forgot the Play Action Pools ad read. So, really quickly, I'll let our listeners know about this here at the end of the pod. PlayActionPools.com, look for the Believe Football Pick'em, and they pick the 10 highest profile games between college and the NFL. Again, playactionpools.com, believe football, pick them. That's B-L-E-A-V. It's a way our listeners and viewers can interact with us, making picks each week on both college football and the NFL. Yeah, so shout out to BetOnline AG. Shout out to Brings TV, Ms. Courtney and Style. Shout out to uh, Balance 7, always keeping my body right seven days out of the week. And a huge shout-out to Play Action Pool. So just want to thank um, everybody for tuning in. Major shout-out to the Believe in Steelers podcast. Shout-out to Mark and Jew as well, bro. So make sure y'all give us five stars, man. That's just how y'all like these good hotels and good foods that y'all eat. Y'all go in the five-star restaurant. So give us nice um, rate and reviews. We will keep entertaining and educating y'all with the Believe in Steelers podcast all day, every day, 24 Ike, on Monday, we're going to have our recap of the week three matchup between the Bengals and the Steelers. You won't want to miss the Taylor talk. Ike, breaking down at least one play from the game, getting the X's and O's. It was a really popular segment when we did that this last week. So we'll have that again for our viewers and listeners next week as well. I'll go ahead and sign off here. For Ike Taylor, I'm Mark Bergen. Thank you for listening to the Believe in Steelers podcast. We'll see you next week. Take care and so long, everybody. 
Peace. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.